Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cat Talk Radio. Thanks for tuning in today. I'm your host, Molly DeVos, and today I want to talk about the biggest mistakes cat owners make. Yes, that could be you. But before we jump into that, I want to introduce to the show my handsome husband and co-host, Dewey Vaughn. Hi, my beautiful love, and hello to all of those cat fans out there in the great big cat world. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. So, diving into this topic, how are we going to cover this topic without making someone feel kind of stupid? It should be easy. (laughs) Well, you know, there is so much general information that people don't know. You know, I Again, I tell this all the time, but when I went back to school to get educated, to get my my cat behavior and training certification, I thought it was going to be easy. I thought that, you know, I had been working with cats for decades. I knew so much about them that I should be able to test out of that. But when I went to school, I learned so much. I had no idea some of this stuff about cats and that's why I started Cat Behavior Solutions and that's why I set it up as a nonprofit because there is so much for all of us to learn about cats you know and there's a lot of information that we just don't know scientifically yet too there's a lot of funding out there for dogs and there are a lot of studies that show things about dogs, but there's not as much funding for cats. So we're all still learning what we don't know and still conducting research that will help us to understand more. So I hope that this episode doesn't make anyone feel stupid at all. That's not the point. (laughs) Okay, well, good. So is this going to be like an hour-long show or just how long is this list? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it probably could be a couple hour long show, but I think I want to just focus on five things today. I'll try to keep it to the five biggest mistakes cat owners make. Okay. So what? Let's start with number one. Are these going to be in any particular order or should we just skip around? No particular order, not not worst to best or anything like that. We'll just let's just jump in. So I think one of the biggest mistakes cat owners make is how they think about cats in general. You know, they when they go to adopt a cat, they think that they're less maintenance than dogs. A lot of times they they treat cats like dogs because you think of cats like dogs. Or like kids, you know, but they're really not any other beings other than cats. A lot of people also get a cat because they think, oh, it's just going to be an an ornament for the room. I don't have to be as interactive with it as I do a dog. It won't be as needy. It's going to be very low maintenance. And that's, you know, could be true. I mean, you don't have to walk them. 
But they are, you know, like part of the family. Obviously, when you adopt any kind of pet, it becomes part of your family. And cats are not maintenance-free. They also need interaction from you on multiple times a day basis. So you can't just throw an automatic feeder of dry food down there and, and think that that's going to be enough and the cat will just sit over there and look pretty and be like a living, breathing ornament. So I think how um, how they think about cats is the the biggest, one of the biggest mistakes, that thinking about them as their own species, not any other species other than cats. Well, this seems a little bit silly. You know, of course they're cats, right? <laughs> what do you mean by this? Tell us. Well, well, it it I guess what I mean is it surprises me that while there are more cats owned in the United States than than dogs, people still don't understand what the feline species needs. And and again, that's not their fault. It's probably the fault of of media and lack of resources out there and again, you know, manufacturers, you know, the the people out there that manufacture cat products make a lot of those for people not cats they don't think about things uh, from the cat convenience they think about it from the people convenience and again they may not know either you know they they may not have that information and that's again why i started this company we need to get this information out there so cats are happier and we have closer bonds with them you know people expect cats to act like dogs like i said and you know, a lot of times they'll anthropomorphize on cats, thinking that a cat's motivations and feelings are human-like, and they're not. They're 100% feline. You know, cats still have a 96% DNA link to wildcat ancestors. So what they do and need in the wild, they're actually still really driven to want in your home. Yet we're not supplying it for the most part because we don't understand them well enough. So remember, they're cats and don't mistake them for anything but that. And better yet, think of them as wild cats and you'll understand them even better. So what about taking care of them, right? Are there mistakes people are making in providing for them? Yeah, plenty, but um, again, I don't want to make anybody feel real stupid, so let's start with the biggest one, and the biggest one is is food. The biggest mistake we make in caring for our cats is, is what we're feeding them because, you know, we've been taught that feeding them dry food is fine, and, and of course, because we go to the store and you can get a 50-pound bag of cat dry food in about a hundred different brands so why would we think that there was anything wrong with that whatsoever well the reason is because it is not a species appropriate diet cats are obligate carnivores and dry food dehydrates them you know if you have a dog again this is one of those areas where people think you know i grew up with a dog and so we fed the dog twice a day which is fine for dogs but if you feed a cat twice a day it's like us eating every second or third day they eat 10 to 20 small meals a day in the wild so we need to feed them more frequently i remember when we had our dog we would feed it dry food and we thought we were being really 
fancy when we'd mix a half a can of Alpo on top of it, mix the wet and the dry together. And oh my gosh, that's even worse because for cats, again, dogs will eat that whole meal. Dogs eat meals, cats snack. So cats are obligate carnivores while dogs are not. And what that means is that cats can't live off of fruits and vegetables. They have to have meat all the time. Whereas a dog could live off trash. You know, a dog's system is set up where it can digest a lot of different kinds of foods. And a dog needs vegetables and fruits, whereas a cat really doesn't. And you think about what the cat eats in the wild. It eats birds, rabbits, mice, rodents, those kinds of things. And all of those species have an 86% water content in their bodies, just like we do. And so cats are also designed with a very low thirst drive. So they don't drink a lot of water because they're getting all the hydration they need from the natural food that they eat. So when we feed them dry food, even if you leave out 14 bowls of water around the house, and all the time I hear people go, well, my cat drinks a lot of water. Well, yeah, because you're dehydrating the crap out of it by feeding it dry food. So I don't, I don't recommend dry food. I do not think it's appropriate for the species whatsoever. It doesn't contain meat. Whatever was in it that might have looked like meat before they had to bake it into a pellet is no longer containing any of the nutrients that your cat needs from the meat. It basically goes in one end and and out the other. So what we really need to feed them is a a good canned food. And that doesn't mean you got to go buy a $5 can of food. Just make sure it doesn't have byproducts, corn, wheat, gluten, soy. And I don't recommend fish either. Those are all very high allergens, but they're also things that manufacturers put in food for fillers and to up the protein levels without using high quality meat. So just read the ingredient label. Make sure you avoid those things. And if you didn't have a pen out and wrote that list, email me and I'll be happy to send you an outline on what to feed your cat. And better yet, you know, if you can afford to feed your cat a raw diet, that's what we do. You can home make raw I have recipes for that. I, I do a whole step-by-step blog. Just go to the website, catbehaviorsolutions.org. Go to the blog and put in the search bar, raw food, and you'll see a blog. I've got photographs. I've got links to sources. So that's the least expensive way you can feed raw. And trust me, your cat will love it. And your cat's coat's going to be shiny. And your cat is going to be much, much, much healthier. So... You know, other than thinking, projecting onto cats that they're not cats, that they're either dogs or children or something like that, um, the second biggest mistake I think people make is what they feed them and how they feed them. Wow, that's a lot of information. Really is. So what other mistakes do people make in caring for their cat? Well, I'd say the next biggest mistake is the litter box. There's a big miscommunication between what cats need in a litter box and what manufacturers provide. People tend to buy boxes that are convenient to them, thinking, you know, selfishly, basically, and you don't even know you're thinking selfishly. You go to the store and every box comes a certain way. And it's not like you have a whole lot of choices. So you assume, well, that's what my cat wants. And you may have used a box for years. And you're like, well, my cat doesn't soil outside the litter box. So it must be fine, right? 
But no, you're overlooking what the cat prefers. So the cat doesn't prefer those cool new robotic self-cleaning boxes. No, you're being lazy. (laughs) Cats like simple, plain old boxes that's big enough. That's a huge mistake too. You go to the pet store and you look for litter boxes and they're all small they're all way too small they need to be one and a half times the length of the cat so measure your cat from its nose to the base of its tail times 1.5 and your litter box needs to be that long and it doesn't have to be a box right it it could I mean, a litter box. It could be a storage box. It probably doesn't need to be a box, but (laughs) it doesn't have to be something that was manufactured specifically for litter. Go to the dollar store and get a a storage, like an under-the-bed storage container. Those are nice and low and big, and use that. And cats do not want their boxes covered. Hello. I, (laughs) I, you know, especially in a multi-cat household where, you know, you have more than one cat cat does not like its box covered and worse yet with the door on it you know they don't like to go in there and have their privacy again that's anthropomorphizing onto your cat i like to go into a little tiny bathroom area where no one else is around and shut the door and have total privacy but your cat does not because not only does that leave opportunity for ambush but it magnifies the ammonia particles in the air in there and their noses are 14 times more sensitive than ours and it's just miserable for them. They don't like it. So uncover it, big box, uncovered. It's okay to locate it in a quiet spot, but don't trap it in a closet or anything like that. They need escape routes. They got to have two escape routes. You know, and we've always only had one cat. And when I went back to school and I learned all this, I thought, well, this is bullshit because Tabasco uses his box and it's covered and it's in a corner and it's, you know, it's all the things it was not supposed to be. It wasn't big enough. I didn't scoop it twice a day. I had way too much litter in there thinking if two inches is good, four's got to be better, right? And he always Mm -hmm. used it. He never had a mistake out of his box. So I thought, well, This is crazy, but I was in school and they're teaching it and there's good professors and, you know, they know their stuff and there's good solid reasoning behind it. So I thought, okay, I'm going to try it. So I went out. First thing I discovered was you can't find a box big enough to accommodate Tabasco one and a half times Tabasco. So I had to just go get a plastic box uncovered, of course, put less litter in there and pulled it a foot away from the wall. I put a screen in front of it like a room partition. That way I didn't have to look in it and guests didn't have to look in it and see the tracking in and out of it. But open, open both sides, right? And you know what happened? Obviously, he kept using it because he'd always used the box. He'd never had any accidents. Litter box issues wasn't a problem. But he became more affectionate. And I and I mean, it was marked to that day that I changed the litter box. And I think that having the litter box in a way that he didn't prefer was causing a degree of stress in him. And that once he didn't have that stress to deal with, he was much more relaxed in his environment and therefore affectionate to me. And so even if you're not having litter box issues and you can't stand the sight of litter or whatever other selfish thoughts you might be having, rethink that. 
and think about making the box to something that your cat likes. And if you would like a list of all those things, I have it nicely illustrated with photographs of our litter box and how we have it set up and all the points of why and you know why it should be the way it is. So if you'd like that, just email me, molly at cattalkradio.com and say, I want to see your cat preferred litter box sheet, please. Wow. These are these wow, I'm overwhelmed by all the information that was in in everything you just said. These all seem like pretty big things, right? So mm-hmm. things that we supply cats every day. So you'd think people yeah, like- would know better, right? What else? Right. You would, but it's not again, it's not their fault. It's 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 the whole industry provides things that are built for owners and not cats. Well, so what else do you have on your list? I mean, this seems like a lot. Yeah, I guess I kind of bundled a bunch of stuff in there <laughs> under litter yeah. box and feeding. But yeah. um, and another thing would be punishment. You know, it it just doesn't work with cats. With dogs, it works. I'm not recommending it for dogs because I think positive reinforcement is the really the most productive thing that works on all species but for cats negative punishment you know positive punishment does not work on cats you can't rub your cat's nose in the pee and or spank it or yell at it or squirt it with a water bottle or anything like that anything that comes from you and cats are not dumb they see the water bottle they know it's coming from you that just erodes your relationship with the cat because routine is so important to cats and you are a big part of that cat's routine. And when you become big and scary and unpredictable and loud, you know, then it, it, they go, whoa, that person is not like they normally are. Okay, I shouldn't trust them. And then the other thing is, they're really, really smart, and they're just going to do it when you're not home. So stop it. It doesn't, it isn't helping the situation at all, whether it's yelling at your cats when they're fighting or hollering at them or clapping or squirting when they get up on the counter. They're just going to do all that when you're not there. Get a kitty cam and see. And if they don't do it when you're not there, then that means they're doing it for attention seeking. So in any case, punishment does not work at all. And that's something that is, you know, tempting and ingrained in us. And we think, well, that's how we train dogs. That's how we train children. But it is not effective in training cats. You simply need to reward the things you want to see more of. Wow. Okay. So I I think I've got some of this. So, so far we have the biggest mistakes people make with cats are treating them like dogs or other species, feeding them dry food. Yep. Or food that is not good for them. And providing a litter box that cats don't like and trying to punish them for not using it. (laughs) Well, we're punishing them for anything. Are there? Punishing is a thing in itself, a mistake we make by itself. Okay. So are there others? Yeah. um, Not acknowledging them. What do you mean by that? 
Well, we tend to take cats for granted. You know, first of all, a lot of people get a cat thinking it's going to be a pretty ornament that's going to lay around the house and not need a lot of interaction. And for the most part, they do stay to themselves and lay around and look pretty. But we tend to take them for granted. And we tend to walk through a room and not even acknowledge that they're there. And that's natural. We do that with other people in the home too, I think. You know, we walk through (laughs) on our way somewhere and we don't, you know, we don't stop and go, hi, Dewey, <laughs> or yeah, or make eye yeah. contact and do little kissy lips or something like that. You know, we, we're guilty of that. But we need to remember how hypervigilant cats are and that they would be really more comfortable in our home if we would at least make eye contact or talk to them as we're scurrying around, focused on our chores and things like that, because it makes them feel more safe. You know, it makes them feel like you're not going to forget that they're there and accidentally step on them. It makes them feel appreciated, you know, so they don't have to do all those naughty things to get your attention. (laughs) (laughs) I could just visualize those. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Those naughty things they do to get our attention. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Sometimes they look yeah. at you just before they do it. Are you watching? Are you watching? Of Here course I go. they do. <laughs> of course they do. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Watch me. Watch me. <laughs> and then, boom, it's done. <laughs> so I want to say thank you to our listeners for another great topic and suggestion. Great job, Molly. And, you know, there's a lot of ground grassroots information in this podcast for a lot of people who are thinking about getting a cat or thinking about, you know, maybe what do I do next with my cat? So that's really good. And if there's any other listeners out there who have any ideas for topics, please, we'd love to hear them and we'd love for you to send them and you can send them to Molly, M-O-L-L-Y at cattalkradio.com. Yeah, do that because this was a good one. Um, I could have gone on forever, you know, but I figured if we focus on five, you know, call it the five biggest mistakes, then, of course, I'll look back and think about that and go, oh, I should have talked about that. That's a big mistake, too. But um, I could do five more mistakes cat owners make. (laughs) But be sure to find us on Facebook and like us on Facebook. We're always posting good information and funny stuff out there as well. Follow us on Instagram. Check out the blog on our website at catbehaviorsolutions.org. Great information there. Um, You know, I I post all kinds of things like the stuff that I mentioned, like the making, you know, raw food, like the litter box, ideal litter boxes, that kind of thing. All that's out there on the blog. So, So post there. And, um, and, you know, if you've learned something from one of our podcasts, we'd appreciate it if you would consider sending us a gratuity donation. Any amount helps keep this show on the air. And we've made this easy for you. If you go out to our website, 
catbehaviorsolutions.org, by the way, and you go under the store, Behavior Boutique or Shop, there are, and scroll down to the bottom, there are donation amounts. There's like $5, $10 on up. So you can just click one of those, check out with your credit card, and that really helps to keep this show on the air because we do this as a free service to you so that you can get this great information. You know, we don't, there are no salaries paid out of Cat Behavior Solutions. This is all volunteer-based to help you learn how to take better care of your cat and increase the bond between you and your cat. And we're going to keep doing this show, and we're going to stay on the air as long as shelter euthanasia is is the number number one one cause cause of death death in in cats. cats. (laughs) Because that's a sad fact, and it is still. Shelter euthanasia is the number one cause of death in cats. So... Sad fact, and uh, we want to make sure you love your cat. It never develops any behavior issues, and you live happily ever after. So that's why we do the show. And until next time, keep calm and purr on. Thank you, everybody. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend. can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. Toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop.